The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. A lot of fighters in the UFC, they are trying to replicate that footwork because that right there was a showcase and that was something special. Wonderboy's still here, baby. That title, 2021, I'm telling you, is going to be mine, brother. You watch and see. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Mission. I want to remain undefeated. I want to beat everybody's king, Casey O'Neill. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. <laughs> Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Matt and I today hopefully will be joined by a, a guy we like who is, a, I guess, a good friend of the show, uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, fighting Gilbert Burns at the 264 co-main event. That's a great fight, uh, the Conor Poirier trilogy. And uh, we also have someone you've been asking for, Matt. You, Matt Sarah asks... And Matt Sarah receives uh, Casey O'Neill will be uh, be on the show finally today. She's undefeated. Yes, yeah, seven three years old, well rounded. Uh, you know, a TKO win versus Shayna Dobson, submission win versus uh, uh, Lara. Yeah, Procopio. Yeah, Procopio. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. She's looking great. Yeah, you love her, man. You've you've raved about her on quite a few occasions. You've been. Uh, talking about her and you've been demanding that she be on this program you know guess who's ready to talk to us um let me guess it's probably i'm gonna guess stephen thompson you guess right jimmy good let's, let's bring go. him in let's go right to i'm sorry I, I know they're gonna cut it right there to when he comes in so let's start, so let's sound cool with that okay let's bring him in that yeah. was fucking lemonade <laughs> that was good yeah that was perfect let's I bring him in too hard i tried too hard with no that. you did good all right Oh, shirt off, Jimmy. Look at this. Like, what is this? Tiger Beat Magazine shoot? Yeah. There <laughs> they are. You're getting your, you're, where are you? Getting some sun? I am at the water park with karate campers, man. This <laughs> guy is living the dream. He's with the, he, wait, you're at a water park and with, the, with your karate. How many kids are with you right there? Oh, my God. We have 73. Wow. wow. 73. And it's not yeah. just you and your father and your brother watching them, right? You have a whole staff. No, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 
nine uh, nine employees right now helping out. Oh, well, I hope oh that's so. great. It must be nice oh, to yeah. be in shape and go to the water park. Like it must be nice to be in Stephen Thompson's <laughs> shape and go to a water park and have fun. That must be a fun. Is, is a water park fun? I, I can't go to one. It, it is fun. It is fun. Well, it, it gets to a point where all 73 kids want you, want you to ride the, the water slides with them. So you find yourself waiting in line for at least five hours just to go down these water slides. But other than that, we have a good time. Well, wait, why do you have to wait? Like, you, they don't give Wonder Boy a, like a, a nope. little bit of a kick to the front of the line? <laughs> I, I mean, they should as much as we're here. We're literally here probably once, uh, maybe twice a week. Oh, all wow. Summer long. Wow. Uh, is Wait. it a nice, a nice park? Is it huge? One of those big ones? Um, it's, it's, this one's like, let me show you. Let me show you. Yeah, man. Yeah, we got the water slides. Oh, that's we got nice. the little water park there. We got a, we got a lazy river, oh. you know, nothing too crazy, kind of small. So it's great for us. Cause we can keep it. It's easier for us to keep an eye on the kids. You know, it's not like some massive water park or anything like that. It's so, not like action you, park in New Jersey. It's yeah. not like that. Right. No, yeah, exactly. Nothing was like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, scary yeah, place. That's a year, you know. It's fucking yeah. crazy, Stephen. You're not fighting. Listen, you know. I mean, I know it's good to get paid, but dude, you are literally not fighting for the money. Look at you at the world. I mean, you first of all, you you're loving your life right now. Some people, I love it. like you, couldn't pay people to bring seventy three kids to a, a water park. They'd be like, you know what? That's not my. That's not my gig. That's not what I'm into. <laughs> I mean, you you love I it. That's you, what you I do. see you doing that, Matt. I see you doing that. I got, you know what? I can handle three kids. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> Hey, you'll be proud of me though, Steven. I am teaching now that all my, my three kids are in the kids class. I am teaching the kids class. I'm teaching it today at four o'clock. Let's Five go. Months. I'm teaching it, man. Let's go. Little, little I Kimura, like it. I little like Kimura it. Savages. Oh, yes. These kids get bullied. Dude. You're going to be, your kids are going to be giving sidekicks. My kids are going to be ripping Kimuras. Exactly. We're naked chose guillotines and Kimuras, baby. So much fun. But it's fun. I'm, I'm, I'm loving life, man. I mean, you know, I, I fight because I love doing it. I love the competition. I do it for the honor and the glory. The money's just a bonus. Like, I don't need to fight to make a living. You know, I'm here at the school every day, karate camp all summer long. You know, I, I, find, my, I find time to train around my, my teaching and, and, uh, with karate camps, you know. And I train twice a day. I woke up this morning at 8.30, was at the gym at 9, trained from 9 to about 10.30. And then we're here at the water park. Now I, I go back, teach classes from four to eight, from eight to nine. I train again. So all day, every day. It's wow. amazing. How many lives that you're impacting on the boy without getting too, you know, dramatic. Seriously. I mean, these kids watch you fight. You're hanging out with them all day long. You're teaching them. And I mean, it's got to feel good, buddy. It does, man. It does. I, I could stop fighting right now and just, do this, you know, yeah. I mean, we have, we have grand, we have, grandkids taken from us and their grandparents took from us. So we have three generations come through here. Yeah. So it's wild, man. It is. I mean, my dad's had a huge impact in this area and uh, we're just trying to make it better. We just moved in our, our new 20,000 square foot facility yeah. and we moved in there with about a 650 students. We're almost at 800 right now. Oh, wow. So, so it's karate camp. Like crazy. Steven, where is the karate camp? Are you, do you guys get on buses and go somewhere or is it a day thing or what happens? So, yeah. So parents actually drop their kids off at 7 a.m. Okay. So we have people, yeah, we have uh, staff there to, to have these, help these kids in and we play games, but we go somewhere every day. We were at the water park today. 
tomorrow we're going to the movies. We're going bowling after that the next day. So, but we, but we spend a lot of our time at the gyms. We have a, a, a whole separate area just for our after school and our campers. So when oh, classes nice. and stuff are going on, parents pick them up around 615, uh, 630. That's wild, man. That's, that's some operation, man. Yeah. And yeah, then man. Thought from, did it start from real humble beginnings? I mean, what was your dad's first school like? Was it was it a big school, small school? It was it was not even. I mean, probably half the size of the UFC octagon. Oh, come on, man! Yeah, I'm serious. I'm serious. I mean, it was a hole in the wall. My dad was working three jobs at the time and running a school, raising five kids, and then we lived in a one bedroom apartment. And uh, parents had the bedroom; we had the floor. And uh, I remember. I, it wasn't until actually a few years back I had mentioned it. I, I, for some reason, I must have had a dream and it jogged my memory why we ate so much potatoes as kids. And I, and I brought that up to my mom. We had, we had baked potatoes. We had potato soup, potato salad. It was nothing but potatoes. All my mom could afford was a sack of potatoes. That's all she could afford wow. to feed us five kids. My mom was a nurse for a long time, and then she got out of that and helped my dad um, – Change the business. She she made it what it is today. To be honest with you, that's wild, right? Yeah. Someone, that, yeah. You get the right person behind you, right woman, right. Partner, oh yeah, and it really could make a huge difference. Huge, and man, and they're a power couple for sure. I mean they they eat, sleep, uh, the the school. They I remember, you know, they my, my parents would, been, would spend most of their time there, and uh, I lived at the gym. I was a dojo rat. We lived there. I did my homework there. I had to get two class, two karate classes in a week, two Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes in a week, and two kickboxing classes in a week. And if I didn't, I was in trouble. Along so, with doing my homework. What year did your father open the school? It was in 1983, the oh, year wow. I was born. Wow, okay. 1983 in Simpsonville, yeah. He moved from Charleston, South Carolina, Monk's Corner, up to, to Greenville. He had just graduated uh, military school, was trying to go into the military, but that was the time right after Vietnam. So they were pretty much kicking people out of the military. So he went into martial arts. So you don't know a life at all without this martial arts or karate being like a daily kind of immersion. That's your whole life. That's my whole life. Our whole life. I mean, my brother, Tony's right here. He's raising two kids and his, uh, his oldest who is three started our little dragons classes, uh, several months back. So he's in it. You know, my, my sister's kids, she's got five kids. We got, I got 13 nieces and nephews and they're all in martial arts. Now you love kids. Do you want kids someday or are you okay just oh, kind of being an uncle and just taking care of other kids or do you want to have them? I want to have some kids. You do? Definitely want some kids. Yeah, man. I'm, I, I see everybody's looking at me right now. I've got, I'm the oldest boy, but the only one that doesn't have any kids. So everybody's like, come on, Steven, we waiting, bro. Yeah. What you waiting on? So I'm like, you know, I got a small window. Can I do what I want to do with this? And I'm, I'm living it through. So, How do you feel about uh, Gilbert Burns? Uh, it's an interesting uh, – I mean, look, just because he's so dangerous on the ground. I mean, you fought other guys who were dangerous on the ground before, and uh, you're definitely not easy to put on the ground. So, I mean, you, you know what he's going to do going in, though. Oh, yeah. He's looking, he's looking to take me down for sure. I mean, will I ever be as high level as Gilbert Burns at this point? I don't think so. I mean, the guy is just ridiculous on the ground. But every fight starts standing up. Yes. You know, it's, it's kind of like preparing for Rory McDonald all over again because the guy's so well-rounded, you know. Um, so I'm prepared wherever the fight goes, you know. I'm got, I got three, five in a round to do what I need to do out there and 
I think, to be honest, with a good performance over Gilbert Burns, should set me up nicely for a title shot for sure. Let, let's not downplay uh, your ground game. I seen you by you Eric, when you're visiting Wideman, you're helping him for fights, and you'd always come out. You trained by my school. You got a ground yes, game. Sir. You're more Thank than you. a fucking sidekick, Stephen Thompson. Let me tell you <laughs> something. And that, and you bring up that Rory McDonald fight. That fight was almost. It's basically like him starting with a leg lock. He's he yes. the role. He had this game plan, which might have been good on paper. It might be good if he finished that leg lock, but yeah. he, he probably should have stuck to his traditional striking, getting into the, the wrestling. But he was doing the, it, what is it, the Imanani role? Imanani roles. Yeah, the Imanani roles. I can't pronounce shit. But yes, it's <laughs> basically a roll into a leg lock, Jimmy. Yes. And that's how he did it. And he got right around Steven's leg when they were dry. Steven got out. And then I think he tried it again. And he you tried got it three times, I think, in that fight. Yeah. After the second time, it might have been trying to, it might have been time for plan B, but. Is that what Ryan Hall does? Is that, is that the, the role Ryan yes. Hall does? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was a, that was actually a real weird situation because I had met Ryan Hall in Montreal. I was helping GSP up there, helping him get ready. This is before I was in the UFC. And that's how I met Ryan Hall. And I knew he was training with Rory McDonald and things like that with leg locks and things. And I had a hunch. Now, at the time, uh, Ryan Hall was training with us as well. So he was neutral for that fight. He didn't help any of us out. But I had yeah. a hunch that, you know, Ryan Hall training up there. This guy's probably going to roll in for an MNRI roll. And yeah. I was right. I prepared for it and I was right, man. So, I mean, I mean, I don't see Gilbert Burns trying anything like that. He's more, he sticks more traditional with his double legs and single legs, things like that. Um, and he's not afraid to stand up. He's he's knocked some people out. Yeah. But uh, he does try to, you know, traditional shots like his doubles and singles. Um, so I wouldn't expect him to try anything, but I'm prepared for it. If, if he does try it, I'm, I'm prepared for it. But, uh, uh, yeah, man, Gilbert's is strong. I know he's got a 71-inch reach. He's strong in the clinch. Um, but I, I got the reach advantage on him. got the distance um, on him. I think I can keep the fight standing and pick him apart. Yeah. And this, I, I think you're right. A good win over him definitely puts you in line, uh, I think, for a shot because he just fought Kamaru. So, I mean, I, I think a win for him does not give him a, a, another title shot immediately. But I think a win for you – a good win for you definitely puts you uh, in the conversation. I mean, not that you're not in the conversation now, but you know what I mean. Yes, sir. I mean, I know, I know, I think Colby's got it next. I know Leon Edwards yeah. are talking about Leon. Yeah. But uh, I'm right there. I mean, I don't care if they give me Leon next, but it's got to be somebody ranked higher than me. I mean, I know they gave me the number two guy, but I'm working my way up. You know, I'm 38, feeling 25. <laughs> feeling good, man. Bill, you're not slowing down at all. It's so strange. Like, it's you're still like a hard guy to figure out to beat with all these guys. They must be bringing in karate guys left and right, being like, fuck it. You know what I mean? They must be like, yo, man, bounce on your fucking toes, do these sidekicks, but they still <laughs> cannot figure you out. You're an enigma to them. You know what I'm well, saying? The they, literally, they literally bring in the same guy, Raymond Daniels. I know Roy McDonald brought him in. I think um, uh, Tyron Woodley brought him in. He fights for Bellator. And I now I think Gilbert Burns spent some time with him as well. But uh, it's the same guy. I, I, I'm pretty sure if they're paying this guy anything, I, sh I should get a percentage for sure of this guy. I mean, they're bringing the same guy in for me. But it doesn't matter because we still, it's different. We, we have a different style of fighting. He's more of a karate point fighting style. You know, I've got a little bit more of a kickboxing influence with the karate. It really doesn't matter who they bring in. It's, it's different once you step out there.
and you feel it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, again, somebody has to take you down. Like you said, the fight starts standing up. And I've mentioned many times we've talked about how impressive Tyron was against Damian Maya with those, uh, the takedown defense, even though the punches, it was not an exciting fight. But uh, I never thought he got the credit he should have gotten for stopping Maya. And again, I think it was 26. We just had Dean Thomas on. I, I think it's one of the most incredible defensive uh, efforts I've ever seen. I agree. I mean, to fight, you you have to fight Damian that way. You have to fight him that way. I mean, even Bilal Muhammad, you know, he did very well. But, I mean, Tyron Woodley fought him, you know, as he was coming back up. And it makes out for a boring fight, you know. But still, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, a boring win is better than an exciting loss. I'm sure. Exactly. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, man, I give Gilbert a lot of credit for after that devastating loss when he was going for the title there to, to the champ. And to have you for the the, the the comeback fight, I'm telling you, it's a lot of he I guess he knows that if he gets a win over you, it's huge for him. He know so he's that shows you the confidence I, I believe that he has. Because I'll tell you. It, Whoever's manager is might be like, hey, Mike, no nuts. Thompson, <laughs> nobody's getting this guy out of there. Shit, I don't know. I thought it was a bad matchup to begin with because, you know, he lost to not one of the be best strikers in the division, Kamaru Usman. He's more known for his wrestling. He is getting better because he's knocked out of him. He knocked out one of the best strikers in the division, uh, George Masvidal. But, um, you know, he's confident, man. He must know something I don't. But, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the best Gilbert Burns come July 10th. And I'm prepared, like I said, for wherever the fight goes. I don't predict the, I predict the knockout. I, I visualize my hand being raised at the end of the fight, and preparing myself for just a, just a war. I think it helps me going in. It gives me the confidence to go out there and, and be prepared for that. Because a lot of guys go out there expecting knockout, and when it doesn't happen, you know, they either tire themselves out trying or it messes with them mentally. But um, he was in the corner with, with uh, Vicente Luque. They're, they're good buds. Yeah. So, you know, they're training, they're training together, preparing for me. Vicente Luque's felt it, you know, felt my style. So I believe Vicente might be in his corner for this one. Steven, let me ask you something. Why is it everybody's in love with these calf kicks? They got the tie kicks, the, the oblique kicks. Sometimes there's even a nice little question mark kick. <laughs> Not enough people are using the fucking sidekick. It, it might be. Why? It's so good defensively. It's so good. It to, and it's good to I call agree. this. It's good to spin something off of. I mean, you are the. You, I don't see anybody using a sidekick like you. I don't think I ever did. You know, maybe if I, I follow agree with boxing. But I'll tell you why. Tell ask, answer me why. Why isn't people using this thing? Well, I think it's because you know a calf kick, a leg kick, or a back leg round kick, roundhouse kick. They're already throwing those anyway, right? They're easy to throw. A sidekick, you have to be in a little bit more of a sideways stance. It takes, it takes a long time to develop it, the speed, the power, and not just that, but let's say you throw a sidekick, um, it kind of forces you the other direction, almost forces your back to him. If you don't know how to end up after you throw the sidekick, you can end up in a bad position. So it does take some time to learn it and develop it, and I don't think people are willing to do that. I mean, you're starting to see a few people throwing it, like, you know, you have Karate Hottie throwing it. Even uh, Rose Namanunas throwing the sidekick. Yeah. Conor McGregor throws it every now and then. But you don't see a whole lot of guys doing it. And it's crazy to me why these guys aren't putting in the time to develop it. Because like you said, defensively, it is awesome. It keeps people away. I love it. What was the hardest kick? What's the hardest kick technically for you to do? I think, it's, I think it would be the hook kick. So a round kick, you kick with a, like 
a lead leg, you kick with the shin. The hook kick, it comes the other direction using your heel, right? Lead leg hook kick. Not a spin right. kick, just a lead leg hook kick. Look it up. So, hey, Rhiannon. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> walks by, see what I'm up to. That's but so I think funny. it's the hook kick. <laughs> okay. Is that that's always the spinning, the spinning hook kick, or heel kick? I, I, I'm not a karate man. Yeah, what yeah, you spinning, do? What, spinning what heel kick is the same thing. But what did you use on Ellenberger? That was the spin wheel kick, spin hook kick, or heel kick. Listen, yeah. that, that was that one can generate a ton of power, and you're and you're kicking with a small, the, the hardest part of your foot, which is the bottom of your heel, and even you hit someone in the arm with that, it's going to go numb. And it kills. <laughs> Out of all the fights I've seen, you know, you forget sometimes the pre-fight interviews and stuff. I'll never forget. And I like Ellen Berger, nice guy. But <laughs> I'll never forget they asked about the karate. And he goes, oh, the karate. That's cute. Something yeah, like he laughed about it, right? He laughed about, he laughed about it. Fast forward, spinning heel kick. The, the most karate thing you can get hit with. <laughs> Right? The only thing worse is if you hit him with that fucking crane the kick. Crane, yeah. Daniel Sunday. <laughs> that would be the only thing worse than what you caught him with. Or a karate you chop. You may or may not see that at some point in time <laughs> out there from me. The crane kick. <laughs> fucking Jimmy, Jimmy, a karate chop. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be the only more karate thing I can think Dude, of. Dude, it's funny. My dad has been begging me to hit somebody with a karate chop. Like Come out up. there. You do, if you do it just right, like to the neck, that brachial plexus, even to the jaw, you know, or a ridge hand. We call my dad a, a Papa Ridge hand because he's knocks a lot of dudes out with a ridge hand. And it's an open hand strike, but you strike with the inside edge of the hand. Is it like this? Like, yes. You're yes. talking about like Keith Hackney versus Emmanuel oh, yeah. Yarbrough? Dude, you remember that? <laughs> Jimmy, that was a karate man with a mullet fighting yep. a 500-pound behemoth. <laughs> a big sumo wrestler. And he hit him with a ridge hand. Ridge hand. And he knocked him down. He started. Then he got really technical. It was like this. Yeah. I started fucking just punching him in the head. He won. Dude. The big it was sumo a couldn't get that up. Knocked him down. Huh? It was a ridge hand that knocked yes. him down. It was a fucking ridge hand. Yes. Why don't you ever throw them? Is it, is it more likely to break? Or is, it, is your hand less stable when you throw them? Well, I mean, you see a lot of old school guys karate guys like my dad he do a lot of hand conditioning still to this day my dad's always hitting a maki which is like a it's like a conditioning like a wooden post you know we got one up in the gym uh for our hands you know our shins our our knuckles i hit this thing probably you know once a day but at least 200 like 200 times with my two big knuckles and 200 times with my two small knuckles wow just to, uh, to develop it and to build calcium and to, but my dad he's if you see the knuckles on that guy it's ridiculous but he conditions him. I don't condition to the extent that he does. So I'm, I'm a little wary. I may or may not break my hand. I hope I don't. But you know, I don't know. I may, or, I may make him proud and throw it one time. So that really does help when you see footage of guys like kicking those uh, wooden posts or whatever with their shins or their forearms. That really does. The, the calcium buildup uh, does actually help. Well, the way I condition my shins, like I, I'll, I'll kick a tire and that conditions the skin. Like remember when... Uh, Luke Rockhold went shin to shin with Rio Romero. He ended up getting an infection in that. He split his skin and he got an infection. He was out for like a year, year and a half. So you got to condition the skin. Uh, I just hit a heavy bag. That's all I do to, to dense the bone. And then I'll take a little, a screamer stick, a little Kaibo stick. And I'll just ding my shins while I'm watching TV or 
teaching classes and it kind of deadens the nerves. So I don't kick anything extremely hard because that's how you develop like, uh, uh, like hairline fractures in your shin and then end up getting the old Chris Wyben, Anderson Silva shin break, which I don't want that at all. Oh, yeah. that's scary. Yeah. How's Chris doing? He's doing good, man. I'm actually on his podcast tomorrow morning. Oh. He's got his own podcast now. He's podcasting. So I'll be on that tomorrow morning. Uh, he's, it's called. Up, his spirits are up, man. He's great. Called don't back down, right? Don't back down. Yeah, yeah. Don't back down. Yeah. He's got to get you on, Sarah. He's got to get you. I'm gonna say something to him tomorrow. You tell him, man. You I, should I be. Wanna... You should be at the top of the list. Yeah. I, don't, I saw Anderson Silver on there, so of course he's got to be on there. That's great. Yeah. Now you're going on there. You're literally. You're literally family. Your brother yeah. married his sister. If I, 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 if I swear to God, if I'm not within the next few guests, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you right now. I will. I'll, 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 be, I'll be, I will drive to his house and kick yeah. him in the shin again. Yeah, that's what I'll do. <laughs> what the you fight? better be at the top. The of the in, that's how you know he's in fight mode. He goes right. Ready to rock, <laughs> baby. I'm ready to clash somebody. Jimmy, when you brought up, when you were talking about like the, hitting the board with the the rope around it, I, I, what flashed through my head was marked for death. When Steven Seagal got out of the coma and he had a big Rip Van Winkle beard and a belly and he's fucking hitting the fucking things. I don't dude, know. Dude, I love, dude. Those are the best movies ever. Yeah. If you watch those, those old Steven Seagal movies, like Early you got to expect a good old fashioned arm break or two yes. oh. in those movies. Those oh, were awesome. I used to love those movies. I liked it too. I liked the, I loved Above the Law. I even yeah. liked the one in, I even loved the one in Brooklyn. Anybody here see Bobby Lupo? Bobby Anybody? Lupo. Oh, what, what movie was home. that? Which one was Worst, that? That was the guy who played. Uh, when was that? Yeah, what movie was that? You remember? That was Out for Justice. No, wait, Out for Justice. Out for Justice. Out for Justice. He was a, he was a mob. He was uh, taking yes. out the mob. Yeah. And they had the bad guy. He was the guy who played Al Capone in the series. What's that guy's he name? Had a, I don't he had know. A, what, a sock and he put like a, 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 a what was that guy? Pool ball in it? Which yeah. Was crushing people. Crushing people. Ooh. Love those Steven hey. Seagal movies. They should have told them where Bobby Lupo was. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me ask you guys too. Um, except Matt, I've been meaning to ask you about that. You guys just said something that reminded me of it. Um, the uh, I forget, maybe you were talking about being in fight mode or kicking Chris. Uh, the Sean Strickland um, clash that he had with Orlando Sanchez at the gym. Did you see that video? Oh, I saw that. Yes. Now, as like I again, I'm I, I never trained, so I see two guys. I see both points. What do you, what is that situation? Like as, as a fighter training for a fight, is that situation, hey, that guy never should have done that because he could have injured him, or is that just part of the grappling, or what is that? Well, I mean, I, to be honest with you, we didn't see the whole footage, and we just saw that instant. Right. You know, sometimes you got guys that come in the gym, and I don't, I'm not saying Strickland was doing this, but, you know, they go, they go pretty hard, you know, and sometimes you got to humble them a little bit. But from what it looked like, it was just – uh the guy was trying to destroy his shoulder or elbow. It looked like to me, I'm like, Whoo. it looked like, I mean, yeah. I would be wanting to fight that guy too. If he was doing that to me, what do you, yeah. what do you think? That's what do you think, Sarah? Oh no, I didn't listen. I mean, it, the thing is this, if you hear them talk about it, it's uh, you hit that Orlando guy. He sounds like a cool guy. Like he sounds yeah. like a down to earth guy. And, and it sounded like Strickland came in there. I don't know if he was being playful, but it sounded like he was being like a bit of a douche, but I don't know the guy. He seemed, yeah. he sounds like he was goofing on people. He, there's another big guy in there with a hat on. He goes, that's a, you know, a guy doesn't belong here. He's got a hat on backwards. He's, and it wasn't his place. So, yeah. That, so going into it, they're not being best friends. It's kind of, he didn't know who Lando was. 
from what yeah. Orlando says, he said something like, hey, uh, he said to Orlando, hey, I don't know what you do because he heard he was a champion in jiu-jitsu, which Orlando is. He goes, yeah. well, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick your ass anyway. It's something along those lines. So he was kind I of can see where that comes, came from, hundred percent. But having said all that, when you it's one thing if you've got him in an arm bar and you're, you're keeping it on or keeping on pressure, there's a level of control. Like when he was going for an underhook and Orlando went for a quick, I can see how that could you could he can say he's saying, Oh, it's grappling, that's a submission. Yeah, maybe in a street fight. I mean, you're not getting him in a position for him to tap. You're giving a quick, you're giving a quick, it's almost like if my arm's straight and I just come down on it. Like, like uh, if it comes like this and I brought my knee down on it or I put my body into it. It's like, oh, it's a submission. Yeah. Oh no, it might break my arm, but there's nothing really super technical about it. I mean, you're and all controlled. There's no control. It's a quick. Yeah. So you're going to just pop this dude's arm bar, arm off. Yeah. I don't blame, I don't blame Strickland for getting mad at that. So if do you think, Matt, do you think, match, is it like a message? Me, it might have been. So like a message like, hey, don't fuck with me. And you think you start when you're that? rolling in somebody else's gym and somebody else's place and you've never been there before and you just start at the mouth, I mean, there's going to be somebody there that's going to test you, you know? Right. You got those enforcers in every gym. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it might have been something like that because if it's something yeah. like that, the guy's disrespected, then, hey, do what you got to do. I don't, I wasn't there. Yeah, I don't know the whole but, situation. I, yeah. Jimmy's asking if it's a dirty move. I'll put it like this. Steven, we talked we, we talk about you coming visiting my place before with Chris. If I saw Wonderboy grappling, standing up, and one of my guys did that, I'm fucking ripping that guy a new asshole. And I'm saying, what the fuck are you doing? So that's what I, I mean. Now, is it a move? Is it, you, that can be all for debate. But I, if somebody did that to a guy visiting me and the guy's a nice guy, that's uncalled for, dude. Because no there's no control. There's, and he said, yeah. oh, I could have I broken if I wanted to. It's, well, I mean, I don't know. So what are you trying to do? Just pop it once or something? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, you're trying it's to not like you have saying, yeah. say uncle. You give you got a fucking 300 pound something guy. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. What the fuck are you doing, man? Yeah. I don't and know. you know that guy's strong as an ox. Well, look oh, at he's that a guy. problem. He's a fucking yeah, problem. Yeah, he looked like a cool dude. You hear him talking. He seems like a cool yeah. guy. And it seemed leading up to it. The other guy seemed like he wasn't, but who knows? That might have just been his personality. Yeah. I don't want to make judgments because I don't know either guy personally. But yeah, I don't know the whole situation either. If I see that move in my school, I would say that's the dick move. Yeah. I would say, yeah, yeah. But you don't know what was said. You don't know. Yeah, how, exactly. You know, you know the fighters were, were, were. Maybe the guy deserved it. I don't fucking yeah, know. I you no know, I'm idea. just saying. You ask me if that's in my school. I go, hey. What are you fucking doing, man? And, and Stephen, <laughs> before, before before we let you go, because um, we have our next guest is coming. Uh, you mentioned being th- two questions. I want to ask you. First of all, is there an enforcer in every gym? Do most gyms have like that enforcer mentality guy who's like, "All right, I'll take care of this." Well, we, I'm the kind of enforcer at our school, but I do it in such a nice way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we had this guy come in from another school, and we let people come in and train, and you know, we tell them right off the bat, you know, leave you got the door. We're, we're, we're out here to have fun. We, we yes. always have a, a meeting before we even spar. Like, everybody's keeping light. We're having fun. We got guys coming there just swinging for the fences. And then, you know, my dad will give me a wink. It's like, wonder boy. I'm like, God, I hate doing it. I don't like doing it. You know, I'll piece him up a little bit. It's, and I'm not trying to crush the guy or yeah. knock the guy out. But I'll, I'll, I'll get on his behind. And afterwards, I'll say, hey, man, you got to lighten up with these smaller guys or these beginners or whatever. And, uh, you know, I think – you guys, you got those guys that you can trust to do it without going overboard or, you know, 
you know, crushing people. So I, I don't know. I, I know we, I'm the kind of enforcer because I, I can do it with control. You know what I'm saying? It's a little different too in a jujitsu gym, like jujitsu academy. Like I could have them put it on them without like hurting them. You yeah. actually not have to knock their, knock them unconscious. You have to have a fine line with that. Like you probably exactly. take them off their feet with your sidekick. You got your control with that. Yeah. You know? Well, that's what they signed the waiver. That's why they signed that waiver, baby. Exactly. <laughs> Shit, man. Wonder boy. Yeah. Listen, man, all our best. Yeah. You've got Casey O'Neill in the waiting room. Hey, man, we love watching you fight, man. We love you and we love your sidekicks. Yeah. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you guys having me on. And hopefully we can do it again. Maybe we'll chat after the fight. Definitely. Love and uh, yes, yeah, give uh, give your father a hello from us too, okay? Definitely. You got it, guys. Y'all right, have a good one, guys. Enjoy the water park. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hi, Casey. How are you? Good. How are you? King Casey. That's what it says on your yes. uh, on your Zoom thing. King Casey. Casey O'Neill, so happy to finally talk to you. Oh, I like the little tattoo. Uh, yeah, hey, Matt, listen. by the way, Matt has been singing your praises and demanding you be on this show. Matt has been a, a fan of yours. I have heard, to be honest. I do listen to you guys every week, so I appreciate it. I heard everything you said, and well, thank you, Matt. I'm a big fan, too. It's most deserving. Let me ask you, your father, he, he, he trains also because I know he's in your corner. Um, he used to. He's retired. He's retired now, but uh, um, he used to. He was a fighter before me, and that's how I get, got started. And he was one of my sort of first coaches, really. And, and yeah, but he's retired now. He just likes to be there and be part of the corner. I just think that's so cool because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a father of three daughters, and I'm teaching them jujitsu. I just think it's cool when I see like the father daughter thing. It's so nice. Same thing with like Amanda Hebaz. I see that too. It's nice, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's comforting to have him in the corner and everything, you know, and uh, knowing that anything that happens that he's there and he's got my back. And I've actually never seen him nervous for a fight before. And this one, he was like so nervous. So it's kind of funny to me because usually I'm nervous for fights. And this one, I was fighting, and he was like shitting himself. So <laughs> it was it was kind of funny. <laughs> Now, where, for the people that at home trying to get to know you here, where did you grow up and what was the first discipline you did? So I was born in Scotland and I lived in a place called Kilmarnock, which is like a small town outside of uh, Glasgow. Um, I started with kickboxing there. I was four when I started going to the gym with my dad. He used to pick me up from like 
after school care and everything and take me there because my mum would work nights. So I would just sit on the sidelines and watch. And I used to, you know, shadow box and stand there and do it. And uh, eventually they let me into the adults class when I was six. So I started with uh, kickboxing, American kickboxing. I started fighting when I was eight. We used to go to competitions every weekend. And uh, and then, yeah, we moved to Australia and I started doing jujitsu when I was 13. And then from there, you know, MMA at 15 and just continued on ever since. Well, that explains why you're so well-rounded. <laughs> Right? I still haven't really translated the, the striking into my fight yet. I just feel so comfortable on the ground, you know, in my opinion. I think that anybody I can take to the ground and just finish them there. And I love doing that. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm working on it, though. Did you just get promoted to your belt? Yeah. Yeah, I just got I my like brain you belt. Said after, your, after your fight, you said something like, I hope my jiu-jitsu coach saw that shit or something like that. Did you? What'd yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I said, I hope that he saw it. I, I choked her out and I got up and pointed at him in the corner. And he was like, I know. We actually had a bet that if I could get a twister, he'd give me a thousand bucks. So oh, when I was in that uh, when I was in that crucifix, I was looking at her legs. I was like, can I switch this somehow? And I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to I'm going to stay safe. And how did you get the nickname King Casey? Uh, it started sort of with my Russian coach. He used to say some really outlandish, funny stuff when, you know, uh, just being Russian and everything. I'd never heard any of it. And after one of my fights, he was like, that's some King shit. And I was like, I kind of like that, like King Casey, you know? So I started from there. And then the more that people hated it, the more I loved it. <sighs> like people comment all the time saying, you can't be a King, you're a woman. So I'm like, well, fuck it. I am a King. So, and you. then, yeah, I love it. <laughs> So their annoyance kind of prompted you to want to keep, like if nobody had noticed it, you might've kept it. You might not have, but the fact that they were pissed off, you're like, nah, it works. Yeah. I really like the hate. You know, I like it when people are like, that's dumb. I'm like, well, cool. Now I'm going to do it even more just to annoy you. <laughs> you know, some of these younger girls, like um, the girls around your age, what do we got? Like you got Macy Baba, Miranda Maverick, who's doing really well. Now M Miranda was saying, how she feels like these you younger fighters should up you should be cleaning out like the division, like clearing out all the older fighters instead of just beating up on each other. What do you think about that? I agree, you know, like <laughs> I'd let Mick I'd let Mick know that, you know, I'm here to fight from the bottom to the top. So anybody that he wants cut, just send them my way and I'll make sure that that happens. He uh he knows how I feel about that. And I agree with what she says, you know. I think that the girls that are coming up, for example, Macy and Miranda, like you said, uh, we're so well-rounded now, you know, you have to be to get to where we are. And it just proves that coming in so young and everything and doing well and beating all the older girls. So I think so too. I think we take out all the veterans and we take over uh, ourselves and then we fight when we get to the top. Now, I'm sorry, Jimmy. I was just going to ask, cause it's having to do with that. Like despite like, um, you know, Miranda feeling like that, she is going to be facing off against Macy Barber on July 24th. I don't know if you knew that. You probably did. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I keep up to date. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on that fight? Because, hey, you know, you might be facing one of them. Yeah, I think that's a good fight. I definitely think that uh, Miranda's going to win, though. Like Ooh. you said, she's she's good. I, I really like Miranda. I think that uh, me and her are the two to sort of take it all the way. And I, I see myself facing her. In the near future as well, you know, I think she's got a lot of potential and she's a really good fighter. So I would like that fight. Um, 
so yeah, I see that. But also, I'd love to fight Macy. So I'd like to fight them all. So you're young enough to fight everyone. I mean, yeah. Shoot. Now, wait, so you're living now in Vegas? Yes, I live. I've lived here for the past uh, ten months. Ten? Oh, and you came over from in the pandemic Scotland. too. Yeah, from Scotland. You came yeah. Over? No, I came from Thailand. So I lived and trained in Thailand for a couple of years, the last couple of years. And uh, when COVID hit, I decided to take a fight in Abu Dhabi. And um, basically the government wouldn't give me a pardon to get back into Thailand. So it was basically leave and then you're sort of stranded. So I just decided to leave anyway, because I, I kind of have done that for my whole life. So I left and I fought. I headed to UFC Fight Island and cornered my friend Loma Lukbimi. And, uh, and then I just jumped on the charter flight from the UFC to Vegas because it was open and just sort of figured it out from there. I told Nick in Fight Island that he was going to sign me one day soon. And uh, it came two weeks later. So I was pretty lucky. <laughs> wow. Thailand wouldn't give you a, a, a pardon to let you back in. So you needed special permission to leave and come back in at that time. Yeah. So they weren't too fond on the foreigners at that point because of the COVID thing. So they were like, well, if you leave, that's it. So I I just decided anyway that I wanted to fight. You know, I'd been sitting on the sidelines for a while and I don't do well with time off. So I just decided to take the fight. How's the cost of living there? I hear it's really, really inexpensive. Like a great, it's supposed to be a great place to live. Yeah. I mean, I booked a one-way ticket with 5,000 Australian dollars in my bank account and I lasted almost three years, you know, so oh. uh, obviously making money as I fought, but um yeah, it's a great place for young fighters who are, are wanting to sort of come up and everything. You can train full time and it's super cheap to live. Yeah, I've never gone. That's wild. And how about Vegas? Are you enjoying that? It's a lot more expensive, but it is nice. You know, it's uh, the beach isn't around and it's very hot, but um, but I like it. It's like a fighter's paradise. We have the USCPI and everything that you could ever want right there. So that's great. And my team, uh, Extreme Couture and 10th Planet, it's good to have some really high level people who have been there and done that to give me advice and everything. For example, Misha, I've sort of like, um, Misha's sort of mentoring me now, you know, I take a lot of advice from Misha and everything. So, and she's coming back and she's going to smash yeah. in a couple of weeks. So I'm super nice. excited for that. Who is she fighting again? She's fighting Marion Renault. Oh, that's a good fight. Yeah. For a couple yeah. That's no slouch. Hey, Casey, give us something unrelated to MMA, a book you're reading, a show you're watching, a hobby. The world wants to know. Um, to be honest, I don't even really have any hobbies. Like my my friends were laughing. I actually went out with them on Saturday night to um, a club and I was shadow boxing on the dance floor whilst everyone else was dancing. So I don't do much else. I watch Netflix a lot, you know, a lot of TV shows and everything. Um, that's about it, to be last honest. Series. The last that. series you're into, a series or a movie? Watch I watched a- that Manhunt on um, Netflix, Ooh. the new one about the, the bombing at the Olympic Games. That was really good. I watched that in, during fight week. That so I Jewel? smashed that show. A series or a documentary? Yeah, Richard Jules. It's a series. Oh, It's okay. very good. I feel bad. Very good. Is that guy, did that guy die? Yeah, he's dead. Mm, yeah, he's, he's dead, dead from diabetes, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. the show is really good though. You should watch it. I feel like you would like it a lot. I've never seen that or the, the for some reason it's an interesting subject to me. But Clint Eastwood, I don't know why I didn't watch it. There was I just like eh, but maybe I should. I seen the movie. I seen good? the movie on a plane. Yeah, it was good. The poor guy. 
he was like a like yeah. a, a nerdy like like security fat guy, and and I feel bad for him. He, he was like a almost like a wannabe cop, but he was like a by the like trying to really do be good at his job type of guy, and he saved a lot of lives. And everybody was like, ah, he did it. I don't know. Am I? I'm, I'm probably shortening that a lot. What no, was- no, that's that's basically it. But right? uh, but the series goes really in depth. It's, it's really good. I like that. Maybe I'll check that out. Yeah. Um, and d- now, do you go to the casinos at all? I always wondered. Living in Vegas, how hard is it to avoid some temptation? It's actually not hard at all. I did think that before I moved here too, but I live uh, about 15 minutes away from the strip. And the only time I went was when I took my dad there after the fight (laughs) um, to party a little bit. But I don't gamble per se. I work really hard to get this money and I gamble every time I get into the octagon. So I, I try and keep the gambling just to that. Do you miss Scotland at all? Is it gloomy? I do. There? Is it gloomy? I Is do miss a, it. It's the yeah, like I said, I said to everyone, you know, we would never have moved to Australia if it was sunny in Scotland. So, uh, so yeah, I do miss it, but I don't miss the weather and everything like that. It's so cold there. It's a little miserable, but I miss my family and everything. Do you miss the personalities? Because Scottish uh, people are known for having a very caustic humor and very, very... Uh, you're very blunt. Uh, do you kind of miss that Scottish personality? I think I would miss that if I was if I was used to it and then not around it. Yeah, but in Australia, there's a big sort of community of people that uh, we call ourselves Scozies. So it's like uh, an expat group of everyone from you know Scotland and England, and everyone used to get together and hang out. And uh, obviously, I didn't miss the humor that much because I was around it a lot. So, and I've always got my dad to call, right? So. Yeah, he, uh, he's the most Scottish person I know anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's so great, man. Your dad's got to be so proud, man. He's a former fighter and you're in there just kicking ass. How proud is yeah, he? Yeah, so we used to watch UFC together and my uh, favorite fighter was uh, Bill Baroni, the New York badass. I literally had I the, uh, the I had the gown and everything. Every time he fought, I used to like walk around the house in the dressing gown. And we'd sit on the couch and watch them from when I was like 10 years old. I used to tell my dad, you know, I'm going to fight one day in there. And and then here we are now. I'm actually doing it. So, yeah, he's he's super proud. He loves it. Uh, well, congratulations. Listen, yeah. so nice having you on. You're doing yeah. phenomenal. We want to have you back on when you have another fight booked. Yeah. And, uh, hey, man, sky's the limit. Good for you. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'm a super big fan, like I said. So I appreciate you guys getting me on. Yeah, it was nice talking to you. Uh, And we'll definitely have you again before your next fight. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com. 
T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, what a what a training like resume. Like listen to that. I mean, well, it reminded me of Wonder Boy. I, I thought of that when she was talking because Stephen had the same thing. It's it's that your whole life you're immersed in it. It's just yeah. there. Every moment of every day. I mean, from the time you're five or six years old on, it's just you're around it. You know, I, oh, that, that's yeah. got to change the way you see competition and physical competition when when it's something that you're always familiar with from the time you're a kid. Um, it has to take some of the fear out of it. It has to. Man, it's 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 uh, it's what she's used to. You know, what I mean, four years old on the mat watching eight years old. She's competing. Yeah. It's wild, man. Good for her. Good for her. Yo, let's talk about uh, a couple of fights, huh? Sure. All right. Cyril, uh, Cyril Gahn defeated Alexander Volkov. And uh, well, I guess we'll start from the main event. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a lack, a little lackluster. I mean. But, you know, Stipe, I think. I think that showing was good for Stipe. Yeah. No, I agree. I totally agree with that. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Steve against Cyril Gagne, either, by the way. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing Steve versus anybody. Love Steve Miocic. Uh, Miocic. Yo, yeah. Tana Bolger beats OSP. And uh, I'll tell you, I know what I like about it. He, he didn't, he got it done in the second round. And, uh, you know, I, what I do like about it is that he had the weather, even though it was most likely his, it was his fight throughout, he did get taken down. And he had to deal with that. So he had to deal with just enough adversity to be like, all right, this ain't going to be so easy for you. But then he got back up and yeah, he made it. He, he made it actually look pretty easy. He had a great night and he needed that. He needed that to get back on track. Yeah, he did. Um, uh, Ovich was not really pulling the trigger. And I don't know if it's just because he's a slower starter or if it's the fact that he's getting up there in age or maybe, did you know, I think this is his second fight at heavyweight, if I remember correctly. Does the extra weight make him a little bit uh, less likely to move faster? I, I don't. I just don't know the answer to it. But uh, I noticed OSP. I, I told you his left body kick is one of my favorite things in in MMA to watch. When he lands a body kick, it's just such a. It's like a baseball bat. But he just could never seem to get going in this fight. So congratulations yeah. to uh, Tanner Bozer. Um, even though I love OSP, you know, I of course had the knowledge that Tanner would yeah. uh, stop him in the second. So I chose that way. Hundred percent. All right, let's keep it going. Really, what we got? Timor uh, Valiv, Uh Valive, uh, Valive. Yeah, against uh, Honey Barcelos. Uh, majority decision. Yeah, I agree with it. What about you? I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, I, I I didn't object to it. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? I wasn't like, eh, it's fucking terrible. Yeah. I'll tell you right now what I feel bad for. What? I mean. Uh, and yeah, I want to see both those guys back again, uh, Timor and in uh, round. But uh, I feel bad for Andre Feely, man, oh, because yeah. he was looking great versus Daniel Pinata and Pinata and Pinata was doing good with the leg kicks. Yeah, you know, but but Feely was doing he was looking great, and it was really really shaping out to be a shaping out to be a really nice fight. You know what I mean? And Feely. I, I just feel for him, man, because, you know, it was an accident. And I feel for both guys, because who knows? Pinata, you think he's out of there and he starts coming back every once in a while. He's doing those leg kicks. Is he? Is the leg going to be compromised? Feel he's still in the game. 
And then, and then, and then all of a sudden it's a accidental eye poke. And that's yeah. a problem. And I guess it's got to go. I don't know the, I know that there was an eye poke in round five of gone Volkov, but they said because the fight was so advanced, they would have stopped it and just scored the fight from what they had already. Obviously, you know, maybe they, they couldn't do that in Philly's fight. Nah, it's upsetting. Oh, for, I'm happy about Tim Means. I thought he, I thought he looked great. Yep. I thought he did great, Tim Means, man. Elbows and punches and just he looked like the veteran in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Always great. happy to see Tim Means on top. And, uh, oh, you know I love submissions. Oh, yeah. You must have been and thrilled I'm about that. Kind of, yeah. oh, sunk in the rear naked show. Yes, he did. Okay. Uh, second round. Anything we want to touch base on with the uh, the prelims? Well, Kennedy uh, – the Chukwu uh, uh, over uh, Danilo Marquez. And we had Danilo on the show, um, but that was a, a vicious TKO at the uh, 20 yeah. seconds of round three. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, that was a rough one. Yeah. Yeah. It's the game we play. You know what I mean? But he was in there. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and he'll be back in there. But congrats to Kennedy on that. You know? Oh, I want to tell. Oh, there's a nice. Well, the others, by the way, a very tough uh, KO to Jeremiah Wells. And that you know what? It, it, and first of all, Jer- I'm sorry to cut you off. Jeremiah Wells trains with my buddy Daniel Gracie out of Philadelphia. Okay. And uh, powerful. Yeah. Explosive. And it was like, all right, Warley Alves is is weathering po- this, I think, the worst of it. Maybe it's going to start to be downhill because of all the, the power that Jeremiah Wells is, is, is um, uh, all the energy he's putting out. He might be worse to wear the second round, but man. I guess he had a little bit more of the tank or a lot more because he just he blasted him and that was a hell of a shot right on the Didn't chin. Didn't he wind up down too? I think there was one point where he wound up in almost in a guillotine. Uh yes. Uh, yeah, and uh well, he it, was it, starting to come on towards the end of it. It looked bad, yeah. but he was he was able to pop his head out. Yeah, man. So and that's how he tapped out Kobe Covington. Well that's yeah. right. I mean, that was a yeah. fast shit, yeah. I mean, that was a quick quick. So, the, by the way, when that happened when Colby tapped, I want to say they were nine and zero and eight and zero respectively. That's a, a weird memory to have. I don't know. I, I believe Wally Alves went to ten and zero after that, and Colby went to eight and one. I could be incorrect, but that was a. They were both undefeated with no that clue. fight. I have no clue, man. All I know is that that Jeremiah is a welcome addition to that that one seventy class. You bet he is. You no, know? Charles LaRosa got a split decision. That was a good fight versus Justin James. And I heard Justin James bet. Now I, I know this is true. Justin James, uh, James bet, but bet his uh, purse money on himself. Ooh. And then to lose a, split a fucking decision. split that you must that one. And again, uh, yeah, to lose a split decision. Mm. That's a rough one, bro. That's but there's a thirty twenty seven in that. Again, not the craziest thing I've ever seen, Matt. Uh, 30, 27, 28, 29, 29, 28. Like somebody just saw it. Oh, uh, shit. And his coaches are doing it as well. His coaches bet that shit on them too. Fuck. Cancel Christmas. I'm only kidding. Listen. They should not be betting on him. because. And again, I'm not questioning the integrity of his coaches. But it's why baseball managers can't bet on their team because – you may, with money on the line, make a decision that is not in the best interest. Of, I'm, and again, I'm not saying his guys did this at all, but I'm, and that's why baseball managers are not allowed to. It's kind of dicey to bet on yourself or bet on your guy. He's. I'm reading what he's writing. 
if I lose, I'll be broke again. I'll figure it out. It's not the it's not that serious to me. No, nah, he doesn't give a fuck. He's saying no, he doesn't. He doesn't fuck what anybody thinks he's saying. My no. whole flight's a risk, and uh, you know, hey, listen, you you win big. Yeah, if he won, he would have won big. He lost, then he gets back on the on the on the, sure. on the yeah. You know, hey, what are you gonna know? So it's the fight game. It's brutal, Jimmy. I went on my friend Dan Bongino's show the other day. It's oh. called Unfiltered with Dan Bongino. Does that sound funny? Unfiltered? I go, wait a minute. I go, hey, I go, Dan. They, I go, I go, what a quiet. We started the thing off. It was on Fox the other day. I go, uh, I go, hey, man. But before we get started, yeah, unfiltered? I go, I do UFC unfiltered. I go, I go, these, these uh, Antifa a-holes better not be marching on Sarah BJJ thinking I'm you and shit. I don't know. It was kind of funny. But listen, we had a good time on there. We were talking about jujitsu for law enforcement. Now it should oh, yeah. be law enforcement now. I feel every law enforcement uh, officer should be at least a blue belt. At least a blue belt, my Jimmy Bird. All right. What else, buddy? I think we're done. We had a great time. I had a great time. Yeah, this was awesome. And um, we will talk uh, again. We'll be talking uh, Wednesday and we'll be seeing each other in a little more than a week, which is nice. Wait, wait a second. Uh, we're talking on Wednesday. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and we'll be seeing each other physically. Oh, Jimmy, I almost forgot. Yep. I'll be at your house. That's right. Sleepover. Well, oh, I'm, well, I'm assuming that everybody goes home at the okay. end. That's my opinion. Right. I, I, I maybe took it too far. Yeah. You know what I mean? I shouldn't have, you know, just thought I was staying. Yeah. But hey, listen, I'll bring my PJs either, just in case. Yeah. All right, listen, man. What do you want to plug? You know, get yourself a, uh, if, if you want to get yourself Matt a cameo. cameo Oh. Jim Norton, uh, cameo.com slash Jim Norton. I'm not on the app. Or get one from Chip or Doug Bell. Or go to chipchipperson.com, get merchandise. And I'm finally doing uh, gigs again. I'm starting up in August. So you can catch me uh, in early August. I'll be at Comedy on the State in uh, oh, Wisconsin. If anybody I'm so gives excited. I'm so yeah. excited going back on Let's the road. Hope. You know, I'm so excited about that. Me? I'm just in Long Island, New York, teaching some jujitsu at sarahbjj.com. I'm going to get my online store up again. People are asking for shirts. I go, yeah, I'll get you a shirt. Gotta get them printed up first, sure. Jimmy. Yeah, another iron I gotta throw in the fire, you know? Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Yeah. I think you should do it. Yeah, I should do a lot of things, you know? But listen to me. I'll be seeing you soon enough. I'll see you in a couple of days. Okay. Thank you so much for being my friend. Of course. And I was gonna thank you for the same thing, but you said it first, so I'll just agree. <laughs> Later, bro. Jimmy, Bye, I'm sorry if I'm awkward sometimes. No, no, it's okay. It's not awkward at all. Love you, buddy. I love you too. Bye, I'll talk to you soon. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.